It's time for the 30A Local Show. I guarantee Bobby didn't do any prep for this. <laughs> I'm a small talker. What locals love. Public access bathroom. Where locals see. You got any biscuits for sale in there? And other things you should know about 30A. Presented by 30A Local Properties. Here's your host, Bobby Johnson. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is the 38 Local Show, and this is your host today, Corey. We have got a uh, great show set up for us today. It is going to be our SEC, ACC, NFL preview show. And I do want to let you know that uh, Bobby Johnson has the week off. Uh, he lost a family member this week, and uh, our hearts and prayers are with him and his family. Uh, it was his uh, grandmother, and they're taking some time off this week, and uh, we wish Bobby and his family the best. If you know Bobby, send him an email, send him a text message. It's been a tough week, and uh, hearts are with you guys. But we're going to definitely have a good show today. Uh, we've got something lined up that uh, is probably very unique to the 30A area. I don't remember a sports preview show in the area before, but let's do it anyways. I've bumped into Brian Edwards. He is with VegasInsider.com. We just had started talking, and we said, you know what? We need to do a, a preview show, right, Brian? That's exactly Exactly right, Corey, and I appreciate you having me, and I'm, I'm excited to do it, and uh, got a great venue out here, and it's still August, so um, uh, I think we're going to have some nice October days to talk football out here, and uh, I've got all sorts of... Uh, Predictions and uh, all all ready to go. Talk every single SEC team, and we can talk Falcons, yeah. Saints, who, what, whatever else. I'm ready to roll. Let's get into it, and we definitely want to thank Pizza Bar. Chef Phil McDonald is here. Uh, the pizza he brought out here, uh, the, the general manager, Jay, told us some big words, the description of the pizza, what it was made out of, all that jazz. Let me just say it's good. I don't know what he was talking solid about. Solid pepperoni. It's a solid pepperoni. <laughs> the beverages here are good. We're out on the back deck. It's like one of the best places in Seaside. The The beach is literally right there. Uh, great patio. Great place to eat. It's right next to the big white tower. You know that? It's the obelisk, I think is what you call it. Mm-hmm. If you If you go and ask Phil later how to say this. It's obelisk or something. I have enough pronunciation problems with college football <laughs> players. <laughs> That's right. All right. So we're always very careful on uh, the messages and uh, uh, attitude of 38 Radio and definitely the 38 Local Show. And we want to make sure that we never offend anybody. But this is a heated topic. This is Southern football. It's kicking off. And we do need to lead off with this, Brian. So if you give me one second, I need to get this out there. The views and opinions expressed in this football preview show are those of the announcers at the time of airing. We have the right to change our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any division or employee of 38 local properties or 38.com. That being said, let's have fun. <laughs> and, and if I mention any gambling numbers, that's for entertainment purposes only, unless you're making the uh, venture right. out, out to Nevada. Anyways. Okay. So let's just talk about sports down here on 30A. It's a, it's a, I mean, we're in the South. We're ready for football. It's really good. Tell me on 30A, where are your favorite places to go watch football? Well, when I moved here in August of 2009, and I was in Seagrove my first three years, and so Shades was not too bad of a drive for me, and I, you know, I like to go to Shades a lot, but now, and I, I still recommend Shades, certainly if you're totally. on the east side of 30A, um, you know, uh, that's probably the best place in terms of the total amount of TVs, the amount of different games you can see from whatever location you're at, whether you're at the bar, whether you're uh, in a booth, what have you. But now that I live on the west side of 30A, I'm on 393, um, 
I like local catch a lot. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Hasser does a uh, great job. They have a lot of specials on game day. I think they have like 89 cent wings, but they have all sorts of, you know, bar food specials on, on game days. And, you know, he makes sure, obviously, he's a big Alabama fan. Oh. But, uh, you know, he's going to make sure that all the SEC games are on on one TV or another. And, you know, if uh, if there's another interest of another team, you know, they've got lots of TVs. He'll, he'll get yeah. your game on if you've got a wager on it or if you're a Michigan State fan like Shank or uh, – or some of the some of the outsiders like that. Um, so Weird, those are weirdos two like Shank. Yeah, yeah. Weir, weirdos like Shank. <laughs> Shout out. Hey, let's let's give a, another uh, kind of. I don't want to call it a hole in the wall because we've been going there a lot. Uh, the Growler Garage over here is actually going to put some football on the screen, and you can go get Growlers out there. It's right near Golf Place, across from Ed Wallen, and uh, you can have like one of forty different beers and watch your favorite team. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. I, I didn't realize they were going to get some TVs going. And now, are they? Do they close at sunset though? Sometimes, okay. But yeah. it's going to be a lot of afternoon. Yeah, if, it's, if it looks yeah. like it's going to overtime, they might stay open there later. You go. But anyways, yeah, they have forty eight beers on tap over there. Hi to Mitch and Denise, and uh, definitely April over there. They're ready for football season. Definitely Saturday afternoons on thirty eight. That's a good place. And uh, of course, Pizza Bar right here at Seaside and Bud and Alley's. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a. One, I don't know how you could watch football and have the view that we have. Uh, at the beach, but you can do it. Yeah, those mid late October, those mid late October days, are, it's hard not to be tempted to uh, to go to Buds upstairs and, and you know yeah. just have that beach view and and all the games. And I I know you want to talk about the hub because I have sure, yeah. I've only been there once. Um, so I'll let you talk about. Yeah, that. the hub, man. Let me tell you about this. Uh, they've got the biggest TV on 38. I don't see anybody ever getting a bigger one. It's a 25 foot LED jumbotron that you would see at any arena in the United States and it's full audio they've got TVs all over the place so another great place to tailgate the hub on 30A that's a great place and they're going to be amping it up for football season as well so let's talk about the biggest fan base on 30A the people that live here that you get to bump into all the time who do you feel it is well, before I go there, let me also throw a shout out to my, my guys, uh, the Morris uh, Triumvirate at La Playa. You can also watch some good, good, uh, good ball games over at La Playa. They, they take their TVs outside as well. But you know, I've always felt Just be careful. Be careful with pickles. Sure, sure. <laughs> we, uh, I've always felt this is a fascinating question: Who has the biggest fan bases here? And I've always said. That I think, you know, despite the fact we're in Florida, that I definitely think it's Alabama LSU 1 2. And I've kind of thought in my mind it's about a tie, but I, I could, you know, I could understand if somebody wants to say LSU a little little more because, you know, so many people, and right here we had the 10 year Katrina anniversary, yeah. so many people moved over here and stayed here. But I'd say it's Bama and LSU or, or 1 2. I don't really want to give one a, a ranking ahead of the other. And then I would say Auburn, Florida, and FSU. Are about the same, and then you just get little, you know, you get some Mississippi State, some Ole Miss. There's there's plenty of Georgia fans, but not yeah. to the extent of Florida, FSU, and Auburn. I, I think those five are clearly ahead of everybody else, and I would say Bama and LSU are the top tier. I will tell you this: when it's Georgia break, whether it's spring break or fall break, there's Georgia people here. Oh yeah, there's plenty, plenty and there's dogs all over the place. Yeah, there, there, there's <laughs> there's plenty of pups down here. So so I'll tell you a quick story, and then we're going to get in some uh, uh, profiles of some of the teams. Last year, uh, the Seeing Red Wine Festival, I believe it fell on the same day as the Alabama game, LSU. And that was like a huge tailgate party leading up to that. And there were a lot of Alabama fans. There were a lot of LSU fans. And then all the other fans that were there just kept patting sure. me and saying, please beat Alabama. Yeah. And, <laughs> man, we had, a, we had a hell of a game that, that night. They've it was had, a good game. They've had, well, two years ago, the Alabama 
you know, put them away, uh, you know, late third quarter. But we've had some epic LSU Alabama games, and last year was another one. Definitely. Okay. So let's get into the SEC. That's uh, kind of the life and blood of our area. Let's start with the SEC East. Kind of just let's go from your leader. Who do you feel is the uh, the number one team for the uh, SEC East? And let's go. Let's go down the roster there. Well, I think Georgia's got the best overall talent, but they've got uh, a couple of situations that that make it where they're. I mean, they are the favorite odds wise. I'm looking at the SEC odds. Uh, they have five to one odds uh, to win the SEC. That's behind only Auburn and Alabama. So that's obviously um, the, the next East team to win the SEC. Their odds are Tennessee at ten to one. So Georgia's clearly the the favorite in the East. But when you have question marks at the quarterback position and inexperience. Um, that can level things out. But I think you look at the defensive side of the ball uh, in terms of the East, Georgia's got, you know, the most talent. Um, and Nick Chubb, uh, you know, one of your Heisman favorites. Now, Justin Scott Wesley, uh, he got banged up again. So they're dealing with some injuries with their wide receivers. But um, is it going to be Bryce Ramsey? Uh, he hadn't officially named a starter. I think it's going to be Bryce Ramsey. Uh, he is a redshirt sophomore, so he's been in the program three years. Uh, he was the number five ranked quarterback coming out of high school in that 2013 class. So he's got talent, but we've yet to see him against live bullets. Now, looking at their schedule from the West, they get Alabama, but they do get them at home. And uh, they, But they do have to play at Tennessee and Missouri in back-to-back weeks. They get Missouri at home following that Alabama game. Wow. Then, then the open date before Florida, you never know with that game. And then they got to play at Auburn and at Georgia Tech. So, obviously, Georgia Tech being non-conference, and that'll be a revenge game for Georgia. But um, you want to chime in a little on Georgia before I? Not really. Okay. I don't like Georgia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know what? Mark Richt has been one of the most stable um, recruiters, mm-hmm. coaches. He's dependable. He's like the Energizer Bunny up there. He keeps getting the recruits and keeps putting them in position. Yeah, he does. He's run a terrific program. If there is a down downer with him, um, it's just his clock management decisions. That you know, the one against Alabama when they didn't spike it in the SEC championship game. I just thought that was just uh, an incomprehensible decision that might have cost him a, a national title. But yeah. in terms of bringing in the recruits year in and year out and having one of the most talented teams, there's no question that Mark Rick has done a hell of a job. I just don't like him as a game coach. But I'm a Gator alum, so I'm fine if he wants to stick around. I will. Yeah, you know, they've had Mike Bobo as his offensive coordinator forever. He's hired Brian Schottenheimer, a former mm-hmm. Gator, was Werfel's uh, backup back in '96. But he's been in the NFL mostly for more than a decade. So we'll see how that works out. I think it's a good hire with Schottenheimer. Bobo uh, took McElwain's job at uh, at Colorado State, his first head coaching job. Now let me ask you about Tennessee. Yeah, they're they're the the cool kid in the crowd right now. They're the summer love. Squad. They are. It's like everybody's <laughs> everybody's loving it. Rocky Top is back down here. The hats are being bought. Uh, and and the orange is back. So is it more the coach that everybody's excited about the coach? The talent definitely is there, and I'll tell you, their future talent's amazing. You know, I think it's the coach's recruiting. He's really gotten after it. I mean, I I know these last two classes have been top ten. I want to maybe even top five on the last two, and the first one was pretty good as well. So he has been loading up on talent. However, you know, he has just – his record is just what um, – 12 and 13. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, they had, look, and they have every reason to be optimistic. They finished strong. But look, Tennessee has traditionally had their easiest part of the schedule in November. You know, they go to Dobbs in the second half against Bama, and then he comes in and he throws some life into the team. And they go four and one down the stretch. But look, 
They crushed an Iowa team that was horrible last year. They barely beat Vanderbilt 24 to 17. They lost to the only quality team in Dobbs' five starts in which he went 4-1. and one. They lost to Missouri and only scored 21 points. Now, they blasted Kentucky 50-16, to 16, yeah. and Dobbs had an amazing performance in that 45-42 over, overtime win at South Carolina when he brought them back from a pair of 14-point deficits in the fourth quarter. So, look, Dobbs looked great. I get the optimism, but... You know, again, a lot of times these summer of love teams. Yeah, and I remember when Georgia like waxed Hawaii in the uh, Sugar Bowl like five or six years ago, and everybody had them preseason number one, and they just fell on their face. And right. lost, I want to say four games that year. The summer love teams that <laughs> you know, you, you, we'll see. I, I've got Tennessee going eight and four. Um, I do like Dobbs. I like Jalen Hurd. I like Alvin Kamara, the uh, JUCO transfer who was originally in Alabama. Um, I like their receivers, Marquez North, Pig Howard, Von Pearson. All those guys have been around. They, they've got a lot of talent. Um, I like their secondary, uh, Brian Randolph, uh, Derek Barnett, an outstanding young pass rusher. I think Tennessee's going to go 8-4. and four. You look at the schedule. That Oklahoma Week 2 game is a big swing game for both teams. and That's a big year for Bob Stoops as well. And at Florida, they've lost 10 in a row at Florida. They go there Week 4. Now, if they beat Florida... That would be the first time they've beaten them in 10 years. Even though they're coming back home, I think the getting that off their back, a win over Florida, would kind of set up a letdown spot at home against Arkansas. And, I'm yeah. real, and it's sandwiched between Georgia, another division game. So I think Tennessee, if they beat Florida, will lose at home to Arkansas. But then I think they beat Georgia, and that will be huge because that would give them the head-to-head tiebreaker with the dogs. Now, Tennessee and Georgia, who most feel, along with Missouri, are the teams in the East um, – or at least Tennessee and Georgia both have to play Alabama. Tennessee does get an open date before they do so, but they've got to go at Missouri late in the year. I've got them going eight and four, and I've got Georgia going nine and three. Um, so it's going to be a close race in the East, and I've got Missouri right there in the mix as well. Awesome. Okay, so let's just talk about the next two: uh, Florida, South Carolina. That's kind of an interesting tie there. You got Spurrier, South Carolina, and. Florida, new coach. So, what's happening there? Yeah, and for those unfamiliar with me, I am a uh, a Gator alum and life, lifetime Gator, but I am objective and realistic. Um, we'll see. I mean, both of these teams, South Carolina and Florida, you know, you've got quarterbacks with with basically no experience. It, uh, McElwain hasn't named a starter. I mean, Treon Harris got six starts last year. He's got some experience. Will Greer was the more highly recruited guy. He he redshirted last year. He has seemed to be the number one throughout most of the preseason, but I think McElwain's scared Treon's going to transfer, so I don't think he's going to announce a starter maybe until going into the Week 2 game, but it's just going to all depend on what kind of quarterback play Florida gets and their O-line. They've got some issues and experience at O-line. It's not as bad as it looked coming out of spring because they added a couple transfers that are eligible right away, but um, you look at the schedule now. Florida, they've get, they have some games at home that are winnable, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and FSU in the games of the year out in Las Vegas right now. Florida's an underdog in all three of those, but very short underdog numbers. They could go 0-3 in those games, or they could go 3-0. and um, Those three games are going to be huge. You know, at LSU and at Missouri, they're definitely going to be underdogs. They'll be underdogs to Georgia, but who knows with that game. I think Florida's going to go 7-5. and If Will Greer's a lot better and that O-line holds up, maybe it could be better. I think 8-4 and is their ceiling, but look here. If they lose to Tennessee and Ole Miss back-to-back, they're staring at, at Missouri, at LSU, and Georgia, their next three, and it could get ugly. I'm not saying four and eight like two years ago, but it, it, 
you know, if they lose to Tennessee and Ole Miss at home, it could be a struggle to get to six and six in a bowl game. All right. So quickly, kind of gloss over uh, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Um, All right, that was enough. There you um, go. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Let me just say, South Carolina That's did funny. announce Connor Mitch as their starter yesterday, and he's got no experience. South Carolina's defense should be improved. They've got Pharaoh Cooper, one of the best players in the SEC. They've got a veteran running back in Brandon Wilds. But um, I think South Carolina is another team that's going to be in that 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five range. Yeah, and you got Stoops up at Kentucky still, right? We do, and, yep. and he's recruited better, and he might be able to get them to 6-6 six and six in a bowl game, which I think would be that logical next step in year three. Um, that's key for them. That, that would you know give them more momentum because he has recruited better for Kentucky standards. Very important they get to a bowl game this year. Remember, they started 5-1 and one last year and had a late fourth quarter lead against Louisville. They do get Louisville at home in the regular season finale, so maybe they could get to 6-6. Six and six. With that said, I've got them going 5-7. and seven. All right, and Vanderbilt, new coach, and uh, it's all academics, right? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's academic. They have and, a new coach, and they're going to get a good education. And they've had two of their best players go down with season-ending injuries in yeah. the last week and a half, which doesn't help when you're Vandy. So I think Vandy is 3-9 uh, and nine at best. Baseball team's outstanding, though. So let's talk about the West. Let's. Uh, I'm just going to give you these in order, so I'm going to kind of go rapid fire here. Uh, let's talk about Auburn. Uh, they obviously are always a perennial favorite for the SEC. New coach, everybody's loving. Uh, was it Jamie Johnson? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm very bullish on on Auburn this year. I, I hate that it seems like many of much of the national media is also bullish on them. I I don't like that. I like to be the one that's kind of got a team and I'm, I'm sitting there solo with them like I was with Mississippi State last year but Auburn um, Jeremy Johnson is going to be an absolute stud we've only got a small sample size to judge him in terms of his playing time but he's one of those guys when you see him for the first time you're like man who in the hell is that guy I mean he is just a beast he's got a cannon for an arm he's got one of the best wide receivers in America in Duke Williams uh, they've got Jovan Robinson the number one junior college running back uh, coming over you know we hadn't seen him play yet but he's supposed to be a beast you got Malzahn calling the uh, shots on offense, so I think they're going to be dynamic on offense. Now, defensively, they were horrible last year, especially late in the year, but you add Muschamp, and you get Carl Lawson back, and and he missed all of last year with an injury, and I think he's the second-best SEC pass rusher outside of Miles Garrett at Texas A&M, but the most important thing for me for Auburn is the schedule sets up a lot better this year than it did last year. Your tough non-conference game, Louisville in Atlanta, where it was at K-State last year, and their toughest road game is at LSU in week three, which I think they'll lose, but it gives them plenty of time to recover from that. Thank you for saying that, by the and, way. And late in the year, they get Georgia, Alabama, and Ole Miss at home. So yeah. I've got Auburn winning the West, which their odds to do so um, are uh, three to one. And their over-under win total is eight and a half, and I like that over for entertainment purposes only. All right, good. Okay, let's talk about LSU. We've got a, apparently a new quarterback in the lead right now. Les Miles came out and made a comment that uh, we have a leader, which is abnormal, which is abnormal, and uh, Brandon Harris is in the lead, and I don't think he'll relinquish that. Well, the one thing about Les is he has proven to us that if he's got a strong defense and a strong running game, he doesn't really have to have a good quarterback. I mean, he went 13-0 and with Jordan Jefferson huh. as his quarterback against a pretty brutal schedule where they played Oregon and at West Virginia non-conference. Hold, hold on. Go ahead. He went 13-1 and with Jordan Jefferson. You're correct. Guys stand right. correct. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I was at the game. It was not pretty. I was there, too. Yeah. They were 13-0 going into that game. Sorry. Um, 
But anyway, they've got Leonard Fournette, one of the best running backs in America. They're going to be very strong on defense, although um, they're hoping their stud DB, uh, Jalen Mills, who just got hurt and is out for four to six weeks, they really hope he can be back for September 19th against Auburn. If not, uh, that not will be happening. that will be good for Jeremy Johnson and Duke Williams. So, and that's the game I've got Auburn losing. So maybe that doesn't even happen. So, but I think LSU is going to be strong. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position, but I know one thing: they've got good wide receivers. Uh, Traven Duval, uh, Malachi Dupree, those guys are dynamic playmakers. And uh, if they can get the ball in their hands and, and not commit too many turnovers from their quarterbacks. Uh, that they're going to be a solid offense, a less style offense, you know, yeah. conservative. I, I'm but, knocking Leonard yeah. Fournette. Definitely is going to put up the numbers this year. I don't want to say the H word, but mm-hmm. uh, there's too many running backs over at LSU right now. They have a lot of good ones. And speaking of summer love, this Darius Geis kid uh, is apparently just a beast. So I don't want to talk any more, more about him. I don't want to jinx it. But, right. uh, yeah, so all we need Brandon Harris really to do is hit a couple tight ends and let's just let the guys run. I, I think LSU gets, to November, <laughs> LSU gets to November in the mix for sure in the yeah. SEC West, which basically means you're in the mix for everything. But that November slate is tough at Alabama, Arkansas at home. At Ole Miss yep. and Texas A and M at home, so that four game stretch determines LSU's season. I mean, they, you know, if they beat Auburn at home, they have got a great chance to go into that stretch undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the state of Mississippi. It got out of control there last year. Uh, probably a lot of uh, heart medication and a lot of booze sales for the year. I mean, it was an amazing year for the state of Mississippi football. Uh, let's talk about the state of. Ole Miss yep. and Mississippi State. Well, I mean, I love the state of Ole Miss. I think Hugh Freeze is a, a dynamic coach, and uh, he proved that he's long for Ole Miss. He, this is, you know, this is where he wants to be. He had the chance to get more money at Florida, yep. and what you know, wasn't even interested. Never even talked to Jeremy Foley. Told his agent to tell him, "No thanks." Um, the one I, I love the talent. You know, the AP All American first team All American preseason has four rebels on it, which is uh, a tribute to that recruiting class they had a couple years ago. So I love their talent overall. But when I've got questions about the quarterback position in August, I, I just have a hard time being real confident in this team. So basically, what I've got them going eight and four, but that is with me assuming they're only going to get adequate quarterback play. If they get really good quarterback play, you might hear me in mid-September saying, hey, maybe I think Ole Miss is going to win the West. Um, but if they're getting bad quarterback play, I might be saying, hey, maybe they won't even go 8-4. and four. Yeah. They've got terrific talent. They're going to have a great defense. But what are they going to get in the quarterback position? Let's wait till mid-September to decide on that. And as for Mississippi State... Their quarterback's fine. Their quarterback is outstanding, Dak Prescott. <laughs> However, he lost his veteran offensive line. He lost his stud running back, Josh Robinson. Um, now, he's elusive enough in the pocket and can scramble to kind of mask any O-line issues, but they're going to have O-line issues. And defensively, they lost their coordinator. How about that offensive lineman that kept stomping on people? uh, Is he gone or? He's gone. All right, good. He's He's probably probably in jail somewhere. Yeah, uh, those are some cheap shots against LSU from him last year. Um, Yeah, he is gone. And, hey, that's what, you know, you need that. When when they're on your team, you like guys like that. No, you don't. A little nasty. But, um, yeah, I think Mississippi State's really going to struggle. Um, I think they're going to be fortunate to go 6-6. Six and six. I was real high on this team last year. I'm real down on them this year. I think they're going to be in the cellar in the West. 
I don't think he should have gone over to Club La Vila either. That was a stupid move for spring break. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> and I read an article in SI about that. and It wasn't good. Yeah, man, he, he can't even go anywhere in Starkville. He, he really can't. Go, yeah. Obviously, you know how small a place that is. That's I don't, crazy. I've never been there, but... um. Yeah, Stark Vegas. I mean, he is Michael Jordan there. He is, but so. he should have stayed away from Panama City. Anyways, yeah. okay, all right, let's talk about Arkansas and A&M. They've kind of uh, got some things going on in Arkansas. You know, both of these teams, I think, have you know the capability of, of have, having special seasons. A big loss for Arkansas. They lose Jonathan Williams, their stud running back. But fortunately mm-hmm. for them, they had a two-headed beast. And so as long as Alex Collins stays healthy – They'll be okay. Um, I love Brandon Allen, their veteran quarterback, 20-5 to TDI&T ratio last year. They've added a junior college transfer. Their, their one offensive weakness has been they haven't had a guy to stretch the field a deep threat. And this guy, Dominique Reed, I've been reading nothing but rave reviews uh, – from out of Fayetteville, how he's performing in the scrimmage. So maybe he's going to be, uh, you know, that that deep threat they haven't had. Uh, and they've got one of the best tight ends in America in Hunter Henry. Um, now they lost some key guys on defense, but they still bring six starters back on that side of the ball. They've got a new O coordinator, Dan Enos, who was the Central Michigan uh, head, head coach, actually. They hired away a head coach from a huh. Mac school. And I love Belima. Their non-conference is a joke. They should be 4-0 there. Um, the A&M game in Arlington is obviously going to be huge. Out of the East, they play at Tennessee October 3rd, and uh, they get Missouri at home in the regular season finale. I've got Arkansas going 9-3. and three. Um, If Alex Collins gets hurt, they're not going to get to 9-3. and three. But uh, if that defense comes along, you know, I, I'm not saying it's out of the question. They could maybe win 10. They could have won 10 last year, really. They had four losses, one possession games, and all three, all four of them, they had leads in the fourth quarter. Looking at A&M, Sumlin has named uh, Kyle Allen the starter at quarterback. Uh, 16-7 to 7 TDI and T ratio last year stepped in. Uh, I believe he had five starts. No nicknames for their quarterback to start the season this year? They're, they're going to stay away from the nicknames, <laughs> I, I believe. And they've got a tough non-conference to start the year against Arizona State and Houston. Uh, that's going to be a real tone setter uh, for them. And then another neutral game, like I mentioned, in Arlington with Arkansas. Um, eight starters back on both sides of the ball. They got to get better on defense, but they made a great hire in John Chavis. So I'm kind of in a holding pattern on A and M. I want to see how much how improved this defense is. And look, we we get three non conference games before to make an opinion uh, with Arizona State, Ball State, Nevada, Nevada. Right now, I've got Texas A and M going seven and five. But that, if that defense is improved, they've got great wide receivers. If Kyle Allen plays terrific, they could be a lot better than that. We should have a lot more Bama game uh, wins uh, based on some Chavis defensive calls. So I don't know about the Chavis thing yet. Might work out for A&M, but uh, he was very good for LSU, and uh, that's really, really awesome. I'm looking at the clock right now, and uh, we don't have enough time to go over the Alabama uh the football schedule. Did I get or too anything. long-winded on my no, debut, no? Man. We're just I'm gonna, sorry. Okay, Alabama, just give me the record. What do you think? I, I you know, for saving standards, rebuilding. I think they go nine and three. Yeah, I think they lose. Um, I think they lose at Georgia. I think they lose at Auburn, and I'll say they lose either at Texas A and M or to Arkansas at home. One of those two. All right, that's far too much on Alabama. Let's get to the NFL now. We've got plenty of time for the Saints and the Falcons. we got a couple teams to talk about. This is a great 
NFL area. We support the Saints around here. The Falcons are all over the place here. A lot of Cowboys and Texans and Titans out here. So let's just start it off with the uh, the ATL. The Dirty Birds come down here all the time and visit 30A. Tell me what you think about the Falcons this year. Well, they had so many O-line injuries last year, and the defense was atrocious. So hopefully if the O-line can stay healthy and the defense can improve. And look, Dan Quinn's the new head coach. He made his name as the defensive coordinator for the Seattle uh, Seahawks, who've been to back-to-back Super Bowls behind great defenses. In fact, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator, the first defensive coordinator for Muschamp at Florida in year one of that tenure. So he's gone from an assistant at Florida to the head coach of the Falcons in just four quick years. I mean, I love Matt Ryan. I love Julio Jones. I love Roddy White. I I love their fourth-round pick, Justin Hardy, out of East Carolina. He's a dark horse rookie offensive player of the year. I think Atlanta's going to be outstanding offensively. Look, the defense has been garbage for several years. You know, they've they've got a few free agents. Uh, Brooks Reed, a linebacker from Houston. Um, They got some other guys, but uh, I got to see it from them. I I think they're going to have a lot of high-scoring games. You know what I like about the difference between college and pro? In in college, if the defense is not going to be very good, you're going to say they're going to struggle. It's going to be challenging for them this year. But once these guys start getting paid in the NFL, you can just do their garbage. Oh, absolutely. I mean, take the gloves off, man. They're, they're, they're drawing big salaries, way bigger than ours. That's and, funny. Um, Sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's no, true. no problem. Yeah, yeah, absolute garbage. Total, total garbage. And uh, so, yeah, until I see the Fal- and really with the Saints too. I think the Falcons and Saints are both going to have dynamic offenses. How much of their defense is going to be improved? But again, look, I think this division is not very good. And so I think it's Carolina, Atlanta, or New Orleans. Probably the first one to get to nine is going to be in good shape. Um, I think nine and seven may win it. What's seven and nine? Or no, seven, eight, and one for Carolina won it last year. Yeah, you know what? Carolina is going to be struggling. Oh, yeah, they, they lose they Kelvin, lose Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. And that's going to be a really um, – Cam's going to force it too much. I really think it comes down to the Saints. And I, I just don't see the Bucks happening this year. They don't look ruined, uh, but they definitely have a lot of positives going on with Jameis Winston. So tell us about them. Well, yeah, you know, I think he's going to have good games and bad games this year. I think he'll have games where he plays outstanding. And look, they've got terrific wide receivers, although I did notice uh, that Texas A&M product uh, Mike Evans is injured and might be out till might miss the first game or two. That That's not good. But they've got when he has him and Vincent Jackson and Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end, those are that's talented guys around him. And if Doug Martin, the running back, can return uh, to the form he flashed as a rookie uh, a few years back, that would be great. He's been kind of hindered by injuries, but I just think their defense is awful outside of Gerald McCoy, obviously the perennial Pro Bowler. So I mean, I you know I got the Bucks in that six and ten range. I think you know Winston's going to have games where he throws three. Or f- Dude, we're at the Pizza Bar at Seaside, and how many sports shows have you done where we're out here on the deck looking at the ocean? There's people with paddle boards going by you, and uh, I mean, is it you don't do another show like this? This is the Uno, man. This All is right. the first. Go back to Jameis Winston. <laughs> That's crazy. This is the first. It is. We got Yolo'ers. We, we, They're uh, everywhere. You'll have boards. I've never had a better setting for a radio show, period. Actually, uh, one in Vegas where we were looking out on the floor was, was pretty good for March Madness, but this is uh, right. this is up there. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, but the Bucks, man, 5 and 11, 6 and 10, maybe. How about that pizza? It's really good. I'm going to. Pizza bar is where it's at. It's at Seaside. Uh, let's just uh, briefly go over with a full mouth of pizza. We've got a lot of people that come down here from Nashville. Dallas and Houston. So give me a little bit on the Titans. I got to finish chewing, bro. You encourage me to eat some pizza. That's funny. It's all good. Well, look, Mariota, I think he's going to be really good. Um, 
as a rookie, how good is he going to be? You know, I think he's going to be better than Jameis Winston this year. Uh, he's got some pretty decent weapons. Um, Kendall Wright is a solid wide receiver. I like the pickup of Harry Douglas from the Falcons. And um, pretty good tight end in Delaney Walker. Not the O-line, I've got no idea. Um, Doriel Green Beckham's a time bomb. You don't know. Right. I mean, but he's he, good. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, his talent is crazy. But, yeah. you know, he, he didn't play last year, so. Medenberger gets sat probably uh, second or third game. Probably doesn't see the field again. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to see the field anyway. Although yeah. I think they're, I mean, I'm. I thought Mettenberger looked decent last year for a sorry. Going. I mean, he was on a sorry team. Yeah, he was okay. It's know? tough. It's like Archie Manning at the Saints. He wasn't yeah, bad. You're a rookie. You're on a sorry <laughs> team. I mean, you. you um, what do they expect? I let's, mean, yeah, let's get to the Cowboys. What do we think about Dallas this year? Well, they, they had a big loss uh, yesterday. Orlando Scandrick, one of their Oof. top cover corners, lost for the season um, to an ACL. But look, they've got probably the best O line in all of football. Now the running backs, you know. With DeMarco Murray gone, and it, Darren McFadden can never stay healthy. So you're probably going to get a lot of Joseph Randall. Um, I'm not sure about their backs, but I know their O-line is so awesome. It may not matter. I mean, they might be able to get a free agent back in late September, and he can come in and rush for 1,000 yards. Yeah, you got to get refilled here. Yeah. So, right. yeah, so the Cowboys are there. And uh, Houston Texans, give me the over-under for touchdowns by J.J. Watt. Oh, that's a good one, man. I'm going to have to say <laughs> at least – now, offensive and defensive combined, combined. right? Touchdowns yes. for the year. Touchdowns wow. for the year. I mean, that over under has got to be. I'm thinking at, four. At I least. was going to say at least four and a half. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to hit somebody in the end zone and probably create two. Yeah, because so. you know, you know, O'Brien's going to use him on short yardage. Yeah. And it, it, have you been watching any of this hard knocks? Yes. It's, it's oh, hysterical. He is going. He's going to make some one-handed grabs, just you know, five yards away from the quarterback. Thank you, and run to the end zone, and maybe yeah. maybe pummel the quarterback en route. He is just a monster, man. Wow, I, watching him on on Hard Knocks has been great. I've been enjoying watching Brian Cushing too. He's a maniac. He is a maniac. He is a maniac. I like I like the like footage him. of him on the uh, little uh, people mover with his kid, and he was like pushing the stroller around the neighborhood while he was on that little uh, the <laughs> right. hoverboard. It was hilarious. Right. It was hilarious. I'm glad his kids weren't around for what they showed last night. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, he. Uh, Lost his lunch. He said he lost oh. two days' worth. It was like a thirty-second clip. It was. Uh, That's great. Okay, and we're at the pizza bar. Yeah, and moving uh, on, moving on. <laughs> All right, man. So we're with Brian Edwards. He's a handicapper, senior handicapper for VegasInsider.com. He's the owner of BrianEdwardsSports.com. Check him out online. We're going to get him on the station, and we're just going to talk a little football weekly uh, wherever he is. I can call him, or he might be in studio with us at places like the Pizza Bar here in Seaside. Check out Bud and Alley's. They have great restaurants right here on the water. Bud and Alley's, one of the most world-famous restaurants here on 30A. Beautiful view. Sunset's unreal. Uh, the taco bar right downstairs. It's a great place for weddings. You can get over here for the catering, all kinds of stuff at the pizza bars. Eye really candy? Great. I'm single. I can say, I can yeah, say eye candy. Eye candy. It's yeah. good. It is right here. And it walks right by you. Paddle boards, bikinis, and board shorts. They're all right here. So, Brian, I appreciate it. This is the uh, first ever preview show. Man, this was fun, man. I look forward to doing it more. I hope I... Did I hog Let's the mic? Did I hog the mic? No, you did good. All right, that's the 30 Local Show. Uh, we want to say thank you to Bobby Johnson for letting us kind of take over the show this week. And uh, good luck uh, with everything, Brian, this year. I know you guys, uh, you're just going to be going crazy with football. It's uh, the best time of the year. Yeah, man, it is. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, the busy season has started. Looking forward to it. Stoked. All right, 30 Local Show. We're signing off. We will have some great shows coming up uh, with CVHN previewing the Hurricane Party. And we're going to talk some ghosts of 30A 
ghosts in Point Washington area. We've got some good storytellers from that area and some really weird things happening up there. That's coming up over the next couple of weeks right here on the 38 Local Show.